Thank you for tuning in to Valley Rise Church. We're so glad you decided to join us today. For more information on sermon series and service times, you can visit us online at valleyrisechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Welcome to part four of Reset as we finish up this series and, and go into not only our next series, but our second year at Valley Rise. So cool. It does not feel like a year to me, I'll be honest. It feels like, uh, it feels like five minutes underwater. It's felt like five minutes underwater. Um, it has been the hardest thing I have ever done. I used to look at people that do this and I'd go, you know, for a, for a while I worked with the organization that plants all these churches and we would go to a church like this and I'd look at the pastor and I'd go, man, I see why you have a tough time. You know, you kind of look like a guy that would have a tough time. And about six months into this, I looked in the mirror and I was like, I look like one of those guys now. I understand why they looked like that. And, uh, but what a, what a joy, man. We love this area, we love this city, we love that God called us here, and, and what he has done over the past year has been amazing. When you come to a city where, I mean, when I tell you we didn't know anybody, you're going to see in a second a, a video that we've put together for you. We started with, with eight people in a coffee shop and watched what God did as he grew Valley Rise and added families and connected us in relationships, and just like only God can do, and so it's been amazing. Hey, next week, let me tell you this before I jump into this. Um, next week, I'm going to be in Israel. Pray for me. I'm going to a roundtable with um, some of the Israeli government officials in there, what they call the Knesset, which is their White House, and other rabbis from, the, um, from around Israel that are meeting and talking kind of an interfaith roundtable to see how we can better relationships between Jews and Christians and kind of try and see what, what, uh, where we can agree on things. Um, and so please pray for me as I go over there. It's always a great time. I love Israel. This will be the second time I've gone and done this. And every time... It's amazing. It blows my mind. I can't wait to take all of you with me. One day we will take a trip over there and you guys will, will fall in love. But <clears throat> I really wish I could be here with you next week because I have a massive treat for you guys. How many of you are sad that football season's over? I know, I know. How many of you um, are watching the Super Bowl? I'm going to judge you. I'm just going to be honest. Okay, that's good. All of you who kept your hand down, that was the right answer. Um, but because my saints got robbed, and we all know they got robbed, right, okay? And, I mean, we could just throw the Texans in there, too. I'll be mad for them, too. I don't know if they got robbed, but I feel bad about it. And um, I have a, my, my dear friend. How many of you remember when the Saints won the Super Bowl, the last Super Bowl? Come on. If you remember, at halftime, we opened up with, with, a, with a trick play. We did an onside kick right out of halftime, and it turned the momentum of the game. I mean, we literally were down. I was at the game. We were losing. We did the onside kick. It turned the whole momentum, and all of a sudden, we started to come back. Um, the guy who recovered the onside kick is a good buddy of mine named Chris Reese. He's going to be here for Super Bowl Sunday next week to be with y'all. Yep, he's going to have his Super Bowl ring on. He's going to share his story of what, what God did in his life. He now is a pastor at Dad's Church and is about to plant his own campus plant uh, of, of our Savior's Church. And so he's going to be here. Bring your cameras, bring your friends, take pictures with that big old ring. He is awesome. And it will be a great way to celebrate Super Bowl Sunday. Not by watching it, but by being with the Saints, the Lord's team. You know what I mean? Hey, so a year. Man, a year in. I think I, I said this morning on my Instagram, I'm going to sit down and write five things that I learned this year through this process. Because anytime you start something, God not only is taking us as a church on a journey, but he's always taking you as an individual on a journey. So I encourage you, whatever it is that you've started in life, remember, oftentimes God grows you before he grows whatever you're starting. And this process has been a process of him growing us and growing the team and growing maybe you and jumping in and serving. And I so saw we had, let me see, we had uh, 54 of you who have gone through growth track, jumped in and said, hey, I want to be on the team. I want to serve in some capacity. I want to be a part of this. And so proud of you guys for doing that. Almost 50 salvations in this first year. 50 salvations. You know how many churches go through without having a salvation any year? Like... I looked at that number and just like 50 people's eternities were changed this year. 50 people's. We came here and didn't know a soul, like nobody. But you're going to see a little video kind of from when we started. I loved this. I watched some of this. I haven't seen all this. I watched some of it last night. And um, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. Y'all play that video.
Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And um, I'll never forget. I wish I had the picture. I'll have to do it during another, another uh, maybe next anniversary, the picture of when me and Alex first came to Klein Oak High School. And it was, it was like at night, and we just drove up here. We came from Alabama just to see if this was an area that maybe we wanted to plant a church in and stood in front of the thing. She goes, let's take a picture in front of it just in case this. I'm like, this is weird, okay? It was just like the people, what if somebody sees us taking a picture? They're, they were creepers. Like, I don't know why we're in front of a high school taking pictures. And she's like, no, come on, let's take it. So I have a picture somewhere in my phone of us in front of Klein Oak, you know, a year before we even started this whole process. And so it's so awesome to see what God does as we obey Hey, let's pray. We'll jump into this. Dear God, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you, God, that as we celebrate, all of heaven is celebrating with us. Celebrating you, God, advancing in a community, you advancing in our lives, you advancing in our hearts, our relationships. And I pray, God, that today you would do what only you can do. That you would reset our vision as we set our eyes on you. As we reestablish, God, what you've called us to do here. That you would continue to grow us and change us as you grow and change our community. We love you so much, God. I ask you to come, be here, speak to your people. Let it not be my words, but let them be your words. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. So today we're talking about resetting your vision. Resetting your vision. We, we at Valley Rise, our vision is very simple. You see it, we've got the banners out there now, and we say we do four things. We just tell people, know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. For us, those are simple ways of a vision that we can, that we can follow, of, of getting people close to Jesus and then helping you be fulfilled in your purpose, finding out why God created you and where you fit in the kingdom of God. Oftentimes, people get close to God, but they never figure out what he called them to do. And so we live life going to church, and that's great, but really unfulfilled because we never get plugged in. And the church works great without you, but it works better with you. It works better when we're designed, when we're fitting in where we're designed to be fit in at. God designed me to communicate. This is what people go, how do you preach? I could roll out of bed and preach. You could wake me up in the middle of the night, I'll preach. You could ask me to preach in the shower, I'll preach. It's just what God created me to do. Some people have a voice like that. You know, you wake them up, 2 a.m., drunk, just got home from the bar, sing for me, okay? And they sing, and you're just like, it's like Whitney Houston. Like, you could sing. If you can sing, you could just sing. All of you have a gift like that on the inside of you that God designed you to do. And so we think that you're never really fulfilled until you're walking in whatever that gifting is. And so we believe that in this process of knowing God, finding freedom, discovering your purpose, and then allowing yourself to be used in that way to make a difference. At Valley Rise Church, we always said when we started this thing, we said, what are we going to, we got to have a tagline, you know, churches. Just so you all know also, I know you all aren't ready to thank me for this yet, but you will. Um, ARC, the organization that we're a part of, is launching 25 churches today. That's awesome around the country, amazing. And I went through, I'm looking over the churches that are launching, praying for them. I want you all to know that we have like the best church name in the world, okay? You want to feel good about your church name, go read other, like Cool Church, Vibe Church, like the City Church, City The Church, City Hope Church, a City of Hope Church. Like, I'm literally, it was, I was, I was sitting there just going, this is, this cannot be real. Vive Church, Zoe Church, Vioza Church. I'm like, what is that even? What is, this is Greek for church, church. Um, and <laughs> every time I'm at a pastor's meeting, they go, how did you get Valley Rise Church? That's like the greatest name ever. And I'll explain some of that. But you have to get a tagline. And so we started, what is our tag? What do we want to do? What do we want to do in people's lives? What do we want to do in a community? What do we want? If we're going to start this, God, what is your vision for us in this thing? And really, through our name and through the process of walking that out, I, I decided I wanted us to be a church that changed people's perspective on life. Because most people, when you say church, do not think of Valley Rise Church. Most people's background with church is not this. And most of the time, when you say church to people, they have their own preconceived notion of what it is. And I always wanted to create a place that when they walked in here, it shifted their perspective. That they said, wow, like this wasn't what I thought this was going to be. Many times people come in and go, I've never, I didn't even know churches like this existed. Like, and I'm like, listen, they get like way better. We're just starting, okay? Like there's a lot of other good churches in the world. But I wanted to shift people's perspective on life. I wanted them to, to, to take something which may have been hard at some point and make it really easy for them. I wanted to turn something that might have been weird and make it awesome. One of my favorite stories in this whole thing, and um, y'all know I'm not emotional, so I'm going to try really hard not to cry. Um, I'm a grown man. You're a grown man. Um, no, when, when, when we came here, again, we didn't know anybody. Okay, y'all go like, like, 
some people come in and they go, man, y'all got like 150 people. I'm like, yeah, well, we had no 100 people when we got here. We had like me and Alex. And the first guy who joined the church was an ADT salesman. And he knocked on my door the day we're moving in. He's like, would you like to buy a system? I'm like, if you come to church, I will buy a system, okay? <laughs> Thank God for ADT. And so... He came, he actually is moved back to Pittsburgh where he's from, but he called me this week and said, please, would you take a picture for me? Like, I still listen online and I love Valley Rise and I tell all my friends up here about it. And, and, and we, we didn't know anybody. And so one day we have our first interest meeting where we just invite random people and, and a girl shows up and she goes, hey, I'm Nicole, hey, Nicole. And you know when she starts coming, comes to 21 Days of Prayer and some of you have heard her story, comes to 21 Days of Prayer and Come in Easter Sunday, okay, now we're like four months into the church. Easter Sunday walks up to me and goes, hey, listen, my family's coming today. They've really never been to a church like this, so please don't suck today. And I'm like, is that your way of telling me I suck on other days? Like, what is it? Are you just saying you need me to be like better than normally good? You know, like, what? just please, like, it's got to be good. And I said, well, what, what, what do you mean? I said, well, they were, we were raised a different denomination. And all of a sudden I start in my mind, it's like time stops and I'm going, wait, how did you, how did I realized I'd never asked how she had gotten here. And so she goes, well, no, I was raised, you know, in a different denomination and had never been to a church like this. I said, well, when was the first time you went to a church like this? She said, well, this is the first time I've been to a church like this. I'm like, how did you even hear about us? And so she, <clears throat> she starts telling us about how she was in a coffee shop and um, somebody invited her to an interest meeting, <clears throat> Come, came to an interest meeting got plugged in, said I'd never seen a six foot four Mexican before in my life. I said, I got to follow this man. And um, that was Nicole who was singing this morning. That was Nicole who does church news. Yeah. The stories like that are countless of what God has done this year. And the amazing times that we've taken people's perspective and said, listen, church isn't maybe what you thought church has been. There's a different way to connect with God. There's a different way to connect with God. We're in every one church. We're in every one church. And I think when I was praying about God, what do you want to do in this second year? Is that I wanted to change our perspective on the realms around us. Today is about resetting your vision. And oftentimes, y'all know I just ran that, that half marathon, okay? I know y'all don't know about that, but I just ran this half marathon. Do I look thinner? I feel faster. Um, and, and as we're running this half marathon, I was so reminded of how important setting my vision somewhere was. Because I realized that whoever I ran behind, I started to run like they were running. And all of a sudden, if I got behind someone who was slow, it slowed me down without me even realizing. And if I got behind someone who was fast, all of a sudden I realized I was running really fast and I didn't even realize it. And at some point, I just started looking down because I didn't want to trip on anyone and was getting tired. And I realized that when I was looking down, I just started going like any place. But I realized that when I reset my vision and I looked up and, you know, you're running in Disney, so there's Magic Castle. And so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to run to the castle, run to the castle, run to the castle. And as I ran with my vision set on something, all of a sudden my pace was consistent. My stride was even. It got easier because I wasn't going off of someone else's pace. I just had my vision set where I needed to go. And I believe in 2019, God wants us to reset our vision. Each and every one of you have a realm of influence in your life. You have a circle of friends, a circle of family. Most of you, some of you may go, I don't have any friends. Okay, well then listen, I am your friend. My name is Christian and I'm your friend. And you may, you may have work relationships, family relationships, golf relationships, sporting relationships. And I think God this year wants to reset our vision on why he gives us those relationships. What the purpose is for our perspective in the environment he has us in. Because oftentimes God will put us in an environment because he needs us to be an agent of change. But if we don't ever lift up our eyes and see that perspective, we just end up like me when you're running down and you just are going anywhere. Or maybe you find someone and you start pacing behind them, but they're running after a career. And so you run really hard after a career. And you wake up one day and realize that your influence hasn't pushed people closer to Jesus. It's just gotten you more of a career. Maybe you, maybe you run behind people and it doesn't have to be bad. That's the thing about having your vision set on something. It doesn't mean it's bad. You can build a great family and have your vision set on family. And you, you ever meet people that are too into their family? Okay. 
I, like, I know none of y'all, but like I had friends growing up and it was just like every day was like family day. Like their parents didn't get loved on as kids, so it was like they were like overdoing it hardcore with them. Like, we have family day. I'm like, when? They're like every day. I'm like, so when do you have like friend play at the house day? And they're like, that doesn't happen. We just have family day. Every day's a family vacation. Every day's a family outing. Like the parents just get super excited all the time. We're going as a family to the soccer game. I'm like, and then what? And then we're having a family lunch. I'm like, do y'all do this every day? Every day's a family lunch. We love it. We're a real close family. I'm like, that's weird. Like, you want, to, you want to go with me to do something? No, got family game, board game night. You ever have people, you have family board game night when you have grown children? That's weird. I just want to be honest, okay? You play cards. You can play cards all you want. But if you're all sitting around a Monopoly board for seven hours as a family and no one is trying to kill each other, there's something weird about that picture. I don't play board games with my siblings because quickly it comes in to hit someone with the board games. Like, I know y'all don't like the video games. Me and my brothers played video games. If, if, here was my rule, because I had a little brother that was really good at Halo. I know you guys don't remember Halo, okay? But Halo for all of us guys that played that. Um, we would play so much. My little brother, who's five years younger than me, was so much better than me. He was, like, really good. It made me really mad. And so my rule one day, he killed me a bunch of times in a row. I just looked at him. I said, here's the new rule. And he's, I'm five years older than him, so I'm his big brother. You know, he loves me. He respects me. Okay, what's the new rule? If you kill me on the game, I'm going to kill you in real life. <laughs> My mother's on the front row. I did concuss him one time and he went to the hospital and I feel bad about that. And I need to confess that to y'all, but that's why we don't play family board games, okay? You can have your vision set on anything. It doesn't mean that it's bad. It can be a good thing. But the question I have for you is in 2019, is your perspective an eternal perspective? Is your vision set on eternal things or is it set on temporal things? Proverbs 11.30 gives us such a great look on what eternal perspective is. But a life lived, a life lived loving God bears lasting fruit. For the one who is truly wise wins souls. The one who is truly wise wins souls. Why is that? Because ultimately one day you and I will get to the gates of heaven and you will turn around and you will see a line of the people that you have impacted. And you know what won't be there? Your portfolio, your stock portfolio won't be there. Your monopoly winnings on the family board chart won't be there. Your, your, the, the accolades that you've accrued from running marathons won't be there. I wish they were. What will be there is the people that you have impacted with an eternal perspective. The people that can look back at you and go, you changed my life. You didn't know it. You spoke a word to me. You encouraged me. You said something to me. It changed my life. It changed my perspective on life. And every single day, you and I encounter eternity. We rub elbows with other eternal beings that will one day be in heaven or in hell. And I believe if God wants us, if, if, if we want to please the heart of God and if we want to go after the things that really matter to him, we have to have an eternal perspective. And we've got to leverage our influence to get people to Jesus. And we've got to leverage our money to get people to Jesus. And we've got to leverage our relationships to get people to Jesus. And we've got to do everything we can do to get people to the only thing that matters. If we will see the perspective that God has. This, the, the Bible says that life is a vapor. It's here today and gone, to, gone tomorrow. It's a vapor, and oftentimes we find ourselves so wrapped up, and I don't even think many times it's because it's where our heart is. I think it's because it's where our vision is, and our heart can be on heaven, but if our vision is on earth, then we're not going to have an eternal perspective. We have got to have an eternal perspective to reach people because the greatest thing that can ever happen to you is that one day you stand before Jesus, and he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Look at all of the lives you've impacted. Look at, look at, the, I, I can't wait. I want to stand by Holly because Holly is one of the most, like, like Holly talks to everyone. If y'all don't know Holly, Holly's on our team. She's somewhere back there, okay? Holly talks to everyone. Holly's that person that's like not shy to talk to anyone. Just so you know, I know it's weird because I should be that person because I'm a pastor. I am not that guy. Like if you're the waitress, I'm not going to tell you about Jesus. I just want my fries hot. Like I don't, I don't need to know about church. You don't need to just bring me my fried chicken and we can, you know, I'll leave you a good tip with a card at the end that says Jesus loves you. And if you want to come see us at Valley Rise. Holly is the person who will be like, hey, where do you go to church? I'm like, well, you know, I don't go to church. Well, you should go to church. Where would you like to go to church? I don't really know. I've never been to church. Well, you should come to church with me. Like, I don't even know who you are. She's like, hi, I'm Holly, and I'm your friend. I'm like, wow. Holly, though, 
more people in here. Like literally, if I look around, if I said, let's just do it for fun. How many of you are here because of Holly? Raise your hand. Okay, three people, that's three families. Okay, so those are three people. Those are three families that are here because of Holly. In a church of 150 people, three families is a lot. When you start looking at the impact that people have and then those that come because of those families, that is an eternal perspective that one day we will get to heaven and look behind us and see all of the people that, that, that we impacted. Why are we talking about vision? I think if we don't talk about vision, Proverbs 29, 18, we don't talk about vision where there's no prophetic vision that people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. When I first read this, I thought, well, the law, we don't even live under the law. God, that seems like kind of legalistic. And, but I'll tell you what I realized. I realized when I was running this race that I was really glad that there was lanes to run in. I was really glad that I was running, that I didn't get mixed up with the people that were running towards me. Because the people that were running towards me were on one lane and the people that were running with me were on this lane. And I'm really glad that I had some guidelines to run in. Because now I could set my vision and I had these guidelines to run in. And let me tell you the guidelines. The vision is get as many people as you can to heaven. The guidelines are do it with people and relationships and with a church that loves you and loves your community. Get in the lane and run as fast as you can with your vision set on Jesus. That's the guideline. When we have the vision, the Bible says when there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. Another version says when there's no vision, the people perish. Because without that vision inside of us, all of us begin to look around and kind of just go, what is this all about? What is this all about? You ever talk to someone who's lost their purpose or lost their vision? I have those conversations like every day. And they all say the same thing. I just don't know what, I'm, I just don't know what it's for. What's it all about? What's it... Oh, God, I should have shown you all this video on Tom Brady, the quarterback we don't want to see win anything ever again. Okay. And there's an interview with Tom Brady, and they're asking him, you've won five Super Bowls. You're married to a supermodel. You were just on GQ as America's sexiest man. What does it feel like? And he said, to be honest, it feels like I'm Pastor Christian Aranza. And I just said, wow, that's amazing. No, he said, he's, <laughs> they said, what does it feel like? And he, go look it up, it's on YouTube. And he's sitting there, and you see him just kind of stop for a second, and he just goes, there's got to be more than this. Like, there's no way this is all there is. And I just keep waiting for somebody to tell me, like, what, what, like, what, what is this all for? There's got to be more than this. And I'm screaming at the TV. I'm like, there's more, Tom. There's more, Tom. Like, you just go, you want to shake him and go, yes, there's more than this. Because he chased after all the accolades and got them, and none of those things are bad. It's great that he won five Super Bowls, unless you played him in any one of those five Super Bowls. It's great that he's married to a supermodel. It's great that he, all of those things are awesome. But if you don't know what to use them for, they don't mean anything. Because God gives you those things so that you can leverage them to get people to heaven. Why does God bless you? So that you can be a blessing to the world around you. Why does God give you relationships? It's awesome that I know Chris Reese and I get to take pictures with his Super Bowl ring and get to go places with him and meet him. That's cool. But that doesn't mean anything if I can't leverage that relationship to get people in church so they can hear about a God who is crazy about them. God gives us relationships. He gives us finances. He gives us opportunities so that if our perspective is set where it should be set, we can leverage everything we have for what really matters. What really matters is our vision set on heaven. When I was running, I had, how many like to run with ear pods in? You like to run with ear pods in? How many like to run without the ear pods in? How many of you like to run with them in, but you're also slightly concerned that you're going to get hit by a car? That's me. Like, I run with them in, but then, like, I always run towards traffic just in case. But then I'm like, what if they see me? Then they're like, like, what if they want to hit me? Like, then they can have the better angle at me. Like, they're just steering wherever I'm running. Y'all don't, I don't know, maybe that's just, I think about these things. And I run behind over here, so don't hit me with your car if I'm running over here. It's just a public service announcement. Um, so... I was running and I have these ear pods in and I gave Alex my good ear pods. Alex had my Apple ear pods. And so I had these other kind of like sport ones I've had for a long time. So I put them in and I was wearing, I was wearing a fanny pack. Um, it wasn't any fanny pack. Let me clarify. It was a manly fanny pack. I guess we could just call it a fan pack in that case. You know, I don't know. Um, and... Uh, it, it, was, it was like a neoprene. It wasn't like a weird 80s fanny pack. You know what I mean? It was like a like cool jogger neoprene one. 
And so I started with it like around my waist and I had all kind of goodies in there. If you run a marathon, I just like stashed fun stuff in there. It's like these goo packets and like the, these beans. They, pretty much when you run a marathon, they're like, we're going to give you as close to crack as we can without giving you crack. But don't worry, your body's going to run it off. That's like what they do. So you're like, what is these crystals? They're like, just eat those. You're going to run so fast. You're like, whatever. So as you're, I have all kind of goodies in this thing. I've got, you know, like these jelly beans that have energy and these little gummies that have energy and a gel packet that has energy and like a Gatorade tubes that have energy. And then, then I've got, because my fanny pack was awesome, I have like a spot for my phone in there. I got a spot for like credit cards. I got a spot for like, like anyone I meet that I want to keep in touch with. I can put their numbers in there. Like just like anything, Mickey, I could put Mickey in there. Anything that I saw on this run pretty much would fit in this fanny pack. So I have my phone in there, and as I'm running, I started to realize that as I ran, my ear pods, because they're kind of older, were, they were synced to my phone, and they would work when my head was set straight forward. When I was running and running like this, my, it was fine. I could hear in both ears. It was great. If I turned it all to look behind me or on the side of me, one of them would cut out which realized very quickly that I've got to keep my head straight forward because if I look to the left or I look to the right, I start getting like every other beat to a song. And you ever listen to a song where it cuts out and you don't know what beat you're on? If you're trying to run to a beat, that's not a good thing to happen. It's like, and then, I, and then so, so I'm running and I'm running with my head straight forward. And as I run with my head straight forward, I've realized I've got to keep my perspective on the magic castle because anytime I turn around to look at the people who are running next to me or behind me, the, the, it, the signal cuts out and all of a sudden I can't hear what I was trying to hear. And God spoke to me so clearly in the middle of this race. And he said, when you keep your vision set on the eternal perspective, not only do you win what matters, but you hear my voice clearly. And when you hear my voice clearly, I'm able to speak to you and direct you as you run. When you don't hear my voice clearly, you end up going any which way. God wants to hear, God wants to speak to us and we want to hear his voice, but our perspective has to be his perspective. God's perspective is an eternal perspective. And it's hard to use the things that he gives us for an eternal leverage if we can't hear him explaining why he wants to do it. It doesn't make sense when God goes, hey, I need you to go give this person $100. And you go, $100? God, that just worked really hard for that $100. Why would I give them that $100? I mean, they look like they've got money. They don't need my $100. But if my perspective is eternal, I go, God, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'm going to do. Hey, go pray for this person. God, they look fine. They're not even crying. Why would I go pray for them? Only pray for crying people. Like this, If they're not crying and they're sitting there normal, then that's weird if I go up. Then just say, like, hey, let me pray for you. Like, I don't know about y'all, I don't like that. If you ever just see me sitting normal, don't come pray for me. If I'm crying, you can come pray for me. If I'm just sitting normal, let's just say that I'm good, okay? But sometimes God will go, 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 just ask that person if you can pray for him. God, why? Well, if my perspective is, God, whatever you want, that's what I want. And if you're going to speak that to me and I can hear you clearly, okay, great, I'm going to do whatever you ask me to do, God. I'm going to serve whoever you need me to serve. I'm going to love whoever you need me to love. I'm going to reach out to whoever you need me to reach out to. Whatever you need from me, Jesus, is yours already. Speak it to me, and I'll do it. But the problem is a lot of us want to hear the voice of God, but we run like this, and we run like this, and we're trying to go this way and go, God, I want to change the world for you. I want to change the world for you, but we're running this way. And you're going, why can't I hear God? God, if you would just speak to me. God, if you would just speak to me. I'm listening. God, look, you got my ear. And God goes, I don't want your ears. I want your eyes. I want you set on me. I want your gaze set on my gaze so you know where we're going. Because if you follow me, not only can you hear me clearly, but you win what matters. You win what matters. Colossians 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on this earth. Don't, don't take this down. Leave this up. Um, 98% of my job as a pastor, people do say, what do, you, what do you do as a pastor? I'm like, well, I listen to a lot of sob stories, okay? And then I do this 98% of the time. Tell people to set their mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. Because most of our issues come when we start setting our mind on things that are down here instead of setting our mind on things that are up here. And the great thing about this is that word set, set your mind, that means you can control it. You can control it. That means you have the ability to set it to wherever you want it to be on. 
You can set your mind on anything you'd like to set it on. Unlike my thermostat, which if you touch, we will fight. And every man said, amen. I lay in bed. You ever lay in bed, guys? Sorry, this is a tangent I just got to. You ever lay in bed and, and the thermostat kicks on and you know it kicked on to a temperature that you did not set it at? Like, that happens to me. I'll be laying in bed and it'll kick on and I'll look at Alex. I'm like, do you touch the thermostat? She's like, well, it was a little chilly. I'm like, well, then get another blanket. Don't touch the thermostat. Like, I have it set that way for a very particular reason. The fans are synced, okay? I, get, I do the, the it, it, this is a little cold. I have a fan on so that you can put more blankets on and then it's comfortable. Like we've all got our methods, you know. When you set that, it better stay at what I sat it on. Because when all of a sudden the temperature starts changing and I don't know why the temperature started changing, that's very frustrating. The beautiful thing about your mind is it doesn't change unless you change it. You have the opportunity to set your mind on anything that you'd like. Most of us don't exercise our will to set our mind on things. And so we just end up being barraged with anything that comes our way. Anything that comes our way. You ever watch a dog at a dog park? That's like the best ever. Dogs at dog parks are in their own world, okay? Like somebody should make a movie, maybe they have, about just dogs in dog parks. They do weird things. It's just like they're biting and licking and chewing and running and rolling and ganging up and like they form little packs and you're like, I'm glad I'm not that dog. And like, you know, they've all got their, it's crazy. But when a dog in a dog park is standing there and like they're trying to decide what they want to do, every single time a dog runs in front of them, it's like this. Like you were watching, they're like, and they'll stop and then I'm like, you're going to get arthritis if you keep doing that all the time. Like, and they just, anything, it doesn't matter what it is that runs by them. Because they don't set their mind on one thing. Hey, you're not a dog. I'm not a dog. We have the ability to set our minds on something and keep it there. I'm going to set my mind on what matters. And what matters is winning as many people to Jesus as I possibly can. What matters is getting people to know God. Getting people to find freedom. Because it's awesome that you know God. But if you don't deal with the hurts and the things and the habits and the hang-ups that are in your life... You'll always live life limited. God wants to set you free. He doesn't just want to know you. He wants to set you free. And then he wants you to discover why he put you on this earth. 85% of people said they don't know why they're on this earth. Think of that, 85%. He wants you to figure out why you're on this earth. And then he wants to plug you into the body of Christ so that you can do the thing that he put you on this earth to do. You know what happens if you're a preacher and you never realize that you're a preacher? You become a comedian. Honestly. I listen to so many comedians and I'm like, you would be the greatest preacher in the world. Like, you would be so good. Why, why is Kevin Hart not a preacher? Like, I mean, that guy would be the greatest preacher. I would go to his church every day. I mean, just, you end up doing something that's like your calling, but that the vision at the end of the day isn't what God designed it to be. And my goal for you as your pastor isn't that you live a life like what God had for you to live. It's that you live a life that God had for you to live. We exist to make a difference in the world around us, but it doesn't happen until we reset our vision and what matters. Manuel, you can come up. What matters at Valley Rise? What matters at Valley Rise? I had to ask myself this question when we decided we were going to do this church. And okay, what are we going to? I wish y'all were in on those planning meetings. We should have filmed it. If I went back, I would have filmed a lot more stuff from like the early planning days because you guys would not believe how some of this stuff came about. And me and Alex are sitting on our couch in um, in Birmingham, Alabama, and we're, we're okay. What are church names? Let's come up with a good church name. If you never picked a good church name. You didn't shut up. You don't know, okay? It is the hardest thing in the world. We're like, how about, how about like, you know, Life Church? Okay, well, there's like a billion Life Churches. You, you Google it. They're like, did you mean Life Church in and list every state in the entire country and city? You're like, nope, none of those. All right. Um, how about, well, what was the one out? Oh, yeah, Restoration Church. I'm like, that sounds like a rehab, okay? We're not like, Restoration Church. Come and get clean and find Jesus. Uh, vibe Church. I'm like, I'm not a vibe church. I didn't like 10 years. Can you see me at 70? Like, welcome to vibe church. Like, we went through so many names, like everything you, and I'm literally laying on the couch and I'm just laying there. And I'm like, God, please just give us a good name. I want it to be a name no one else in the world has. I want it to be a name that's unique. I want it to be a name that has meaning. I want it to be a name. 
And a guy had written me a letter four years earlier where he just said, God spoke to me a word for you, you know, and I just wanted to encourage you and tell you what he told me. And so I've been looking at this letter forever. I literally tell Alex, I go, where's my box? I keep all these old letters. And some of you that watch our 21 Days of Prayer, I tell you about this. People always, anytime any of you write me a letter, I have a box with all these letters in it. And on the days I want to quit, I go in there and I read all your letters. So you're making a difference. Um, and I said, where's my box with my letters? And so I go find the letters and I go through and I find the letter from this guy. And I start reading it. And he says, this is the word that God has for you, Christian. It was Isaiah 40, 3 through 5. It's the theme verse for Valley Rise Church. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up and every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level. The rugged places a plain and the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And I read that and I said, that's it. It's Valley Rise Church. Because I want to take what's been hard for people and make it really easy. I want to change people's perspective on what a relationship with God looks like. I want to show them that you don't have to wear a suit every day to be close to Jesus. I want to show them that you can sit across from someone and share beer and talk about God and no one's going to be mad at you. I want to show them that you can come just the way that you are and God will take you on a journey and get you where he needs you to be. I wanted to show people exactly what this says, every valley shall be, what does that mean? That means that when you're walking and instead of having to walk through a valley, God lifts it up. And now you don't have to walk through that valley. And when you come to a mountain, the mountain is brought low so you don't have to walk over the mountain. Valley Rise Church exists to change people's perspective on life so that the things that used to be hard for us can be really, really simple. Because most people's experience with church is a set of laws and a set of things that they have to do or need to do to be close to God. When the reality of the word of God is he just wants to be close to you for you. He wants to start a relationship with you and take you on a journey. He wants to hold your hand and walk with you and go, hey, let's keep our eyes set on what matters and let's get there together. If you love me and if we're holding hands, you don't have to worry about the rest of the, you don't have to worry about the laws. You're going to do those things naturally because of your love for me. And I think oftentimes people come into church and they go, yeah, I, I remember somebody told me the other day, like, if I go in that church, okay, the, the, the walls are going to collapse. Like, you hear that all the time. I'm like, I promise I'm the pastor. You're good, okay? Like, if they let me in, you could get in. And, and they come in here and they just are like, this isn't, this is different than what I thought it was. Because let me tell you this. When you start a relationship with someone, when I got married, I wasn't like this. I wasn't like this. How many of you remember when you got married? You, you, you were probably a little immature. Probably your wife had to yell at you a lot. Or she was trying to get you to do dishes and stuff because you wanted to do the dishes, not because you were doing them for her, because you wanted to do them, okay? <laughs> I now do dishes because I love doing dishes. It's like my favorite. It's just, it doesn't matter that she needs them done. I just do them because it's... It's cathartic to me. It's therapeutic. The soaps on my hands and just love it. <laughs> I had a guy tell me that one time. He's like, you know when you're doing the dishes and soaps on your hand, it's just very therapeutic. I was like, yo, dog, I'm from the South. We don't do dishes. I'm going to be honest. Like, <laughs> I do things for her now because of my love for her, not because I have to do them, but it took me a while to get there. And the journey you walk with Jesus is set your eyes on the love you have for God. And all of a sudden you'll realize you'll just start acting a certain way because of your deep love for him. Maybe the things you used to do, you just don't want to do anymore. Not even because you're trying to stop them, but just because you're in love. Remember when you were dating your wife and you would get those texts from those other girls? Maybe none of you. Not me either, I'm just saying. But some of you probably know what I mean. Um, and another girl would text you. I'll never forget as long as I live. It was on me and Alex's first date, and a girl that I'd gone on a couple dates with calls me. And she goes, hey, what are you doing? And I looked over at Alex. I said, I'm with my girlfriend. She said, a girlfriend? When did that happen? I said, recently. <laughs> she said, well, you want to call me later? No, I would not like to call you later, ma'am. Got the phone. Alex said, who was that? I said, some thought trying to get up on me, but don't worry. <laughs> I told her why I settle for ground beef when I got a filet mignon right here. 
all of a sudden the other things weren't even palatable to me because of the love that I had for this girl right here. I mean, you know, God wants you right where you are and he's gonna take you on a journey. But it happens when we set our vision and we set our perspective on what matters and we chase after the heart of God. In year two at Valley Rise Church, in 2019, I want us to run after what matters to God. I want us to leverage what we have so that we can get more people into heaven. I want us to leverage what we have, not so we can grow a bigger church, but so that we can fill heaven with people and rob hell of people. Because if we believe what we say we believe, then we've got to get bigger and hell has to shrink. We can't say we believe heaven and hell exist and go, yeah, but then I don't really want to reach people. I kind of like what we have going on. Because that means that's somebody else that's spending eternity without Jesus. And all of these chairs that are yet to be filled will one day be filled with people whose eternity was shifted by you, by you, by you, by you, by you. You are leaving a legacy, and I love when I go, y'all were here for dad speaking a couple weeks ago, those of you who missed it, my dad has a large church in Louisiana, five or six campuses, about 12,000 people, and um, I, I, was, I, was, I was 14 when they started. I was like, I remember all this. It wasn't that long ago. I'm 32, okay, it was 16 years ago, 17, 20, I don't know what it is. I was old enough to remember a lot. <laughs> and we were in like orange chairs, and there was like people in like, the guy playing worship was horrible, and like Joey's so much better than him. Thank you, Joey. And Dad's first Sunday, the microphone wouldn't reach the end of the stage. They had like corded mics. And so he was like all the way back here, but like the people were over there. So he was like this. He's like, God wants to do something in your life. And I look at those people, and I love when I go back, and Dad says, hey, who was here in the orange chairs? And you know, the people, the couple people that started that thing stand up. And he always goes, everyone needs to give them a hand because if it wasn't for them, you wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for those that started this thing, this building would be empty. If it wasn't for those that showed up at the first interest meeting at Valley Rise to Church had in at Laver Coffee Shop, okay? Like, like four people showed up and then we like roped the worker in too. We're like, you should come sit down and hear this. She's like, I'm an atheist. I'm like, that's cool. We can figure that out later. Just hop in here. <laughs> and then I look and as I watch those videos yesterday, I go, oh my gosh, like we, get, we came here a year ago not knowing anyone, not no one. We didn't know anyone. We didn't, the ADT guy was my friend, okay? And now through one way or another, God has brought each and every one of you into Valley Rise Church. And I can't wait to see what this second year of Valley Rise Church holds. Not only for us as a church, but for you. That when you jump in and you start to serve and God begins to fulfill something inside of you and parts of you come alive that you didn't even know existed, that the world around you will begin to change. But it happens when we set our vision where God wants it to be. When we reset our perspective and all of a sudden we, we try and win what really matters. Would you bow your heads with me? Dear God, thank you so much. God, thank you for Valley Rise Church. God, thank you for each and every person here, every person who's invested, who's given, who's served, who's invited. God, thank you. Two years ago, God, three years ago, sitting on a couch in Birmingham, Alabama, if I would have seen this, it would have been easier to come. If I would have seen these people and these relationships and these faces. But God, only you knew what you had in store for us. Just like God, only you know what 2019 holds for each and every one of us. But God, today we say we want to set our perspective where it matters. We want to set our eyes on what counts. We want to run after Jesus, the things that really matter to you. And Jesus, we want to leverage everything we have, our relationships, our finances, our resources, our friendships, our marriage, God, our home, anything that we have, Jesus, we want to use it to get people closer to you. If it's holding a small group in our house, Jesus, then let us be the ones that step up and do it. God, we want to be a part of what you're doing here. So God, we just say the answer is yes in advance. Whatever it is you need from us, God, we set our perspective on you and we run after what matters to you. God, I pray that you'd speak to us as we set our gaze straight ahead, as we run, God, 
and pace with you and no one else. That you'd speak to us like maybe we've never heard you speak before. And that you continue to do what only you can do here, God. In 2019, God, I pray for every single person who needs to reset their perspective. Reset their vision. That whatever it's been set on, God, today, help us to reset it. Lift our eyes, God, to see what really matters. And may we run this year with you, Jesus. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, there may be some of you here that, that you, Pastor Christian, you know, you're talking about a relationship with Jesus like that. I've never encountered that. Maybe you've had church, you've had religion, but you've never had a relationship with Jesus. You've never walked that hand in hand with Jesus. But today, you want to start that. With every head bowed and every eye closed, this is between you and Jesus. I just want to pray for you. If that's you, you say, Christian, today, I would love to start that relationship with Jesus. Would you raise your hand for me? Amen. Amen. You put your hands down. Now we're going to pray this prayer, and you can repeat after me. You can say it out loud. You can say it under your breath. You can say it in your heart as long as you mean it. That's what matters. Dear Lord Jesus, I realize my need for a relationship with you. Jesus, I don't want religion. I don't want church. Jesus, I want you. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you came to earth to live a perfect life and then die to death I should have died to pay for my sins to pick up my sin bill so that I didn't have to pay for it and then Jesus I believe that you rose from the dead to give me freedom and new life so that I could live the life you always intended me to Today, Jesus, I become a follower of you. I enter into a relationship with you. And I set my vision on what really counts. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Hey, would you give a hand to those that just made the greatest decision of their lives? Hey, listen, um, if you made that decision on your connection card, there's a spot that says the decision I made today was, and, and you can check that. Hey, Valley Rise, I just want to thank you so much. Thank you so much for an amazing first year. Thank you so much for encouraging us, for giving. Valley Rise Church would not be here without you. It wouldn't. People go, how do you get money? I go, like, you guys get money. That's like how the church runs. <laughs> like, that's it. It wouldn't be here without you. So each and every one of you who sacrifice and give, it means it, you have no idea how much it means to us to come to some place and do something and have people that believe in it. And you just go like, I, every day I look at Alex, so I can't believe people actually believe like in us. And like, I can't believe people still show up on Sunday mornings and like, blows my mind. But I'll tell you why. Because we need more of these. We need more of these stories. We need more people that walk into this and they go, I've never walked into a church like this before. I've never found a family like this before. I've never had a home like this before until I walked into the doors of Valley Rise Church. So thank you so much for making that possible on behalf of me and Alex. We're so grateful. We love y'all so much. Pastoring y'all is the greatest job in the world. It really is the highlight of my life. Hey, if you came prepared to worship with your giving, we got three ways that you can do that. You can give it an offering envelope. You can go to valleyrisechurch.com and click the giving link. Or you can text Valley Rise in the amount of 77296. And like I've said, all 52 Sundays of this year, I will never ask you for anything. We, the Bible says every man should decide in his own heart what the Lord would have him give. And so I always say, I unapologetically ask you, ask God. Whatever God wants you to do, that's what we want you to do. We love y'all. I do this for free. If we'd meet in my house, if y'all all show up at my house, we could do it there. That'd be fun. I love you guys so much. It really is. I went this week as I was just reflecting on this year and all the relationships. And me and Alex sitting down and going like, how did this, how did we meet that person? And isn't it crazy? And we've recruited like half of my neighborhood, like my neighborhood, like all, we got like everyone from the neighborhood, which is good and bad. Because when you're the pastor, you know, people drive by and you're in your draws. They're like, hey, Pastor Christian. You're like, hey, <laughs> just trying to walk my kid to the bus real quick. But we, we love you guys. That happens like once a week. So uh, we love you guys so much. 
Um, thank y'all. Hey, next week, you don't want to miss it. Invite someone. It'll be awesome. You got Saints fans, Saints fr friends that are Saints fans. Invite them. Let them come take a picture with that big old Super Bowl ring. And um, it is going to be a great, great time. And then I'll be back for the second week of relationships, February's relationships. So if you're struggling with relationships, how to do life with your spouse, how to do life with your children, how to do life with your friendships, we're going to talk about all of that. And hopefully we can all move down the road a little bit, get a little closer to God, a little closer to people. Hey, I'm going to pray for this. We'll let you get out of here. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much for each and every person here, God. God, thank you for Valley Rise Church. Only you saw this. We love you so much. We're so thankful for what you're doing. We're so thankful for the people you've added, God, the relationships you've added, the family you've put together. We just pray that you would bless them, God. Bless each and every gift and every giver. Return it to them a hundredfold, God. Let this be the greatest Sunday they ever have. Let them have a wonderful week. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram using at Valley Rise Church. We hope you enjoy today's message and we'll see you soon.